Hello and welcome along once again to It'll Be Alright in the 90s, the podcast has been busy circling everything it wants for Christmas in the 1994 catalogues, ready to show its mum. I'm Stu Joslin and I come with a 16-day money-back guarantee, and joining me as always is Alex, free accidental damage cover Greenwood. Greeny, how are you doing tonight, mate? <laughs> um, good, thanks, I'm good. You will need that accident cover, just be warned, uh, it, it could come in useful. Although I'm not actually, ever, I'm not a clumsy person, you know, I'm going to... I don't want to do myself a disservice. I'm quite um, quite careful. Uh, well, I should probably mention at this point that at the uh, at the end of uh, year episode, the Christmas episode, um, I'm planning to put you into some poorly made stocks and uh, throw some <laughs> rotten vegetables at you before uh, <laughs> and, pull, and pulling your trousers down as well. Um, so, <laughs> so maybe it, we do need that accident damage cover. I yeah, think. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clearly, you've not been watching that video as uh, the, the BBC health and safety videos, <laughs> as everyone should. Well, I mean, it hasn't filtered down into the unregulated world of the podcast. I mean, we, we can still do what we want with regards to props. That's so, true, yeah. yeah. So I'm having them, I'm having them made up, and then they're going to be delivered to, um, they're going to be delivered to your house, and then we'll we'll put them, put you in them at the end of the year and, uh, and see yeah. how we go. But yeah, fingers crossed. Podcasting, you're <laughs> right. Podcasting very much is the wild west of broadcasting still, and uh, that that's why we do it. That's why we like we are we're a couple of um, Billy the kids over here doing our thing. So that's right. If you're not oh, living on the edge, you're taking too much room, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've, well, I've got an '90s update. I should say I've got an '90s update. Uh, following on from a, an episode or two ago, where I said that I'd failed to get tickets for Blink 182, I'm currently mm-hmm. extending my search to Europe-wide now. So I'm on the verge of buying tickets for for the Lisbon show. Just um, I, I know a lot of people will be on tenterhooks, wondering whether I'm going to get tickets for Blink. But um, that's that's where I'm up to now. Excellent, excellent news. Well, please do keep us informed on that. But have you signed this off with Jeff? Because if you're going to be away on a day when we should be recording, there could be problems. We might have to see if your brother's available. That's true. Yes, maybe I should ask Jeff. This is not until September 2023, though. So chances are it'll all have gone. We'll have like instigated some sort of legal action to have put the pod off air (laughs) by then. So well other that we won't be able to go because you've had a, a stocks accident anyway a stocks related accident and uh and that'll be it so so we're covered either way aren't we but uh, no yeah. no very very best of luck mate i hope i hope you do come through with that absolutely oh, thank you actually our sponsor might be able to help you out with your travel arrangements uh for this uh oh, for your trip next on. year uh, our sponsor this time is the yellow pages nice. uh, this is a very very exciting deal you can simply quote the code all right 90s when booking any trade service through the yellow pages for the tri-county area uh let's not forget that's avon somerset and wiltshire and you can receive five percent off the list price for that service uh that's yellow pages let your fingers do the walking very nice i i, I will be using that yeah because flights to uh the, to the continent are, are not cheap yeah there might be some local independent uh, travel agent in there that can help you just uh just get the get the big yellow book out have a look through see what we can do that's another thing that the internet killed off isn't it yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that and the the, the other phone book, the, the White's phone book. Mm-hmm. They always used to have a, a bit of fun when I was um, at my most bored of just looking for my friends in the in the normal phone book. Just, <laughs> I don't know why, but the phrase "that's another thing the internet killed off" has become a bit of a trope on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think I've used it quite a lot in yeah. recent episodes. Um, it's probably, I have to say, a bit better for the environment as well that not everybody has a, a thousand page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know book in, in their house every household has one yeah, um, yeah but for a long time the yellow pages was a was a bastion of the um of the british household wasn't it I absolutely mean, yeah 
I was just going to say, you used to just get dropped off, didn't it, every yeah. six months or so? Yeah, yeah, it'd be there on the doorstep. I don't know if you remember this. We still get it um, around here in, in Wiltshire, the Denton's Directory. I remember the name, yeah. yeah. Is it basically so that, the same thing, but small? Yes, it's a, it's a lot slimmer volume, and it's just related to um, your immediate local area. So we get the one for Chippenham. But yeah, and, and obviously some surrounding areas. But yeah, we still get out through the door every six months. So a little throwback to, um, to the era of uh, having all of your important numbers delivered in catalogue format. Mm. Uh, which, yeah, which yeah. still survives today which is which is very nice indeed yeah yeah the, the yellow pages did gradually shrink didn't it because there was a time when it was absolutely massive it was like a good mm-hmm. four inches thick and then it gradually got smaller <laughs> and smaller it was a very visual decline for that particular mm. institution um, i'm sure it was a feature of uh of like strongman competitions oh, in the uh, yeah. late 80s early 90s was the tearing of the um yellow pages yeah. or the phone book wasn't it yeah, I mean, I I've, been, I've been watching UK Strongest Man uh, this year recently, and you know, all they do is flip tires and drag barrels around. There's no catalogue tearing of any sort. Well, you, you could probably show a yellow pages to a lot of those guys, and they'd probably break down in nostalgic <laughs> tears as they remember the good old days. I don't um, know. What, one of the competitors on the last heat I watched was 19 years old. <laughs> okay, maybe not. But, probably yeah. never heard of the yellow pages. <laughs> I don't think so. No. They probably haven't even heard of yell.com. I mean. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's the website? <laughs> time for a very quick dip into the post bag. This is actually something that was submitted in time for our uh, quiz and game show episode last time out, but it got lost in the sheaf of notes that I had uh, on the night and I forgot to read it out. Uh, it comes from uh, wife of the pod, Beth. So obviously my apologies have already been uh, have already been given on that front. Uh, she wanted to nominate Blind Date as her game show of the 90s, which is one that we didn't discuss, actually. Um, but she says her mum wouldn't have it on the TV in the lounge because she thought it was uh, thought it was trash. Uh, so, so Beth had to watch it on the black and white TV in her bedroom. Uh, and she says she spent many happy hours watching other uh, staples of 90s programming like SMTV, Live and Kicking, etc. in glorious monochrome. So so there we go, a, a black and white TV in the bedroom. My grandparents had a black and white TV in their kitchen, which actually had a, uh, it had a dial to tune in the channels. Oh, nice. It was Hitachi. I remember this because I, I inherited it and it then went into um, my, my parents used to have a sort of shed stroke summer house thing and... Uh, it went out in there, and I hooked up the old Mega Drive to it, and I used to go out there and play my old, uh, play the old console games in black and white. So uh, yeah, it, it lived on. It lived on. But yeah, the black and white TV. Yeah, I wonder when the last black and white TV was sold. It's probably one of those things that was surprisingly recent, like uh, mm. 2014 or something. But they can't be many about now. I think. I think. I, I think this was one of those um, questions that came up on uh, uh, the best uh, quiz show on TV uh, now, Richard Osmond's Richard House, of House of Games. Yes. Uh, how many black and white only? Uh, mm, yes, it was. Design? It was. Yeah, you're right. I think you can still buy them because it's cheaper to do so. I think. Okay. Yeah, and there were. I, I think it was in the hundreds. I think. But um, mm. yeah, I, no, I, th- I think that there still are. Yeah, there still are some uh, black and white devotees out there. Yeah, because didn't you, weren't there separate TV licenses for color and black and white or something like that? Maybe I've imagined that. I think so. Yeah. 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 This is maybe going back even pre nineties here, but um But then if if like my grandparents you were a dual house who had colour in the in the, the yeah. front room and black and white in the kitchen, did you have to have a separate license for both of those or were you covered by a colour license? Please get in touch if you know. Um we'd be we'd be very interested to hear. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, a good question. But but back to black uh, back to blind day. It's a brilliant choice, and thanks to Beth for for bringing it up because it's it is one of the sort of stalwarts of '90s game show programming for for sure. So it was a rare example of an ITV program that we used to watch in our household. So mm-hmm. it must have been doing something right. I think it was just great. It really yeah. was. I mean, I can't think of anything else like it. I remember a short-lived. Again, I'll have to refer to the UK Game Show's website for this fantastic resource if you've not visited it already. I'm fairly sure that Chris Tarrant did a thing, and it might have been called something like Man O' Man. It was the ladies who were picking from the men. But I think Blind Date really was like one of, well, certainly the only well-received dating show. Take Me Out is probably the... uh, the Is that even on anymore? I mean, I think even that's finished. That seems modern to me, but that was like 10 years ago, wasn't it? (laughs) Something like like that, yeah. That was definitely the spiritual success of the... Mm-hmm. To blind date but blind date was it did change the genders did switch up it wasn't always a guy picking the ladies or a lady picking the guys okay right it was, it was... i think it was anyway you make right. me doubt it now but I, I, I don't know i don't know i think um i think the voiceover guy oh what was his name he died a couple of weeks ago didn't he um, graham skidmore graham that's it our graham yeah yes yeah, he yeah. also did the voiceover for Shooting Stars, another one that we, uh, oh, did we spoke about. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So I'm sorry there if I got the um, if I got the balance wrong there when I was discussing about Blind Date. I um I, I didn't look into that and I don't remember. So I you do don't remember. What you, so you didn't watch it then when you were? Not really. No, it was it sort of passed me by. Really, I think I was into uh, more into Noel's House Party on the other side at the same time, okay, same sort yeah. of time really. Um, so that explains why we were watching it in our household a rare example of watching itv in our household is because noel's house party was on the other side um <laughs> so that was a choice it was the lesser of two evils is what you're saying yeah right <laughs> um i have a quick correction to make from something i said in our halloween episode specifically the halloween episode that was on the most millennial podcast feed this was mm-hmm. their half which we heartily recommend you go and listen to if you haven't already go over and check their feed for that one and i said in there that wes craven uh, made his own music in his films and i of course meant john carpenter not wes craven mm-hmm. that was an embarrassing mistake that was pointed out by brother of the pod adam who rightly picked me up on that and i just wanted to correct that we're nothing yeah. if not fastidious about these matters speaking of brother of the pod adam and this must be his i think this is his third mention and we've only been going about five minutes so this must be a record something strange happened to his speaker while he was listening to the Halloween episode. Is this correct? We've um, had some correspondence in on this subject. Yes. So, uh, Brother of the Pod Adam tweeted us to say, weirdly, your Halloween episodes gave my Bluetooth speaker a funny turn. It was fine for about three minutes. Then there was what sounded like a scream and it went completely dead. I plugged it into charge and it seemed fine again until I played the second part of the collaboration. Same thing again, played for three-ish minutes, a scream, and then silence and a dead speaker. That's never happened before, and it's worked perfectly since then. So maybe there was something appropriately spooky happening with the Halloween team-up episodes. Please can you tell me, how many days do I have left before the curse gets me? I think it's been seven days since it happened. Do I need to get someone new to listen to the pod before Stu crawls through my TV and gets me? I don't get that last one. That must be a reference to... Uh... <laughs> I think that's a reference to the ring. Okay, um, right. Okay. Yeah, but, that explains why I haven't got it. Uh, yes, you you will have to get one more person to listen to it, um, Adam, and then that person will have to get two people to listen to it. Then that person will have to get three uh, three people, and so on until we are the most listened to podcast in the world. At which point the curse will be lifted. So, off you go. 
until then, uh, Locomotive uh, will not win any games. So we better uh, better get that sorted out quick sharp, I say. Time now for our regular feature, What's the Most 90s? And I have one here for you, Stu, which I think might be a good one for you, knowing mm-hmm. your, your previous career roles. What would you say is the most 90s personal computer brand? Oh, well, I mean, this stirs uh, so much uh, nostalgia in me. Uh, and I have to go for the uh, brand that my first ever uh, PC was. This was in 1999, and my parents invested in a Time computer uh, from Powerhouse in Chippenham, uh, up nice. there on that on the Hathaway Retail Park. Um, I have a strong recollection of this computer overall costing them over a thousand pounds. And when you think about what you would buy a a regular sort of computer for today, that's obviously a lot of money. It had an eight gigabyte hard drive and 32 megabytes of RAM. So obviously very, very powerful. It came with a printer and a scanner as well. So we had the whole uh, we had separate printer, separate scanner. So we had the whole whole kit there. Uh, my dad uh, decided not to skimp on it. Um, and most importantly for me, it came with like a, a box set of four different games. And we had uh, FIFA 98, Road to the World Cup with the indoor mode, one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Theme Hospital, again, nice. another classic. Yeah. Uh, PGA Tour Pro and uh, Need for Speed 2. So you had all the um, all the gaming corners uh, really covered there, football, golf, driving, and uh, hospital maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love this computer. I was obsessed with it. Uh, Windows 98 Special Edition. It gave me the beginning of my obsession with Championship Manager 0102 as well, which is a game that I still play today. I've just taken over at Wigan, Wigan Athletic after a successful spell at Arbroath, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Well, one thing to note is that we didn't then get the internet until about 2002 or three. So oh, um, we, we had an offline an offline computer for about uh, two or three years. And then it just became impossible to do like any schoolwork or homework without an internet connection uh, by that time. So so it, it had to uh, it had to come in. But yeah, very, very fond memories. Um, obviously, looking at the specs now, it's um, it's pretty pathetic. But um, for about six years, that that computer um did us uh, did us just fine at uh, Casa del Joslin. So yeah, time computers for me, and also of course, lest we forget, Blackburn Rovers shirt sponsor as well. For, oh yeah, for, of course. I was trying to remember who had them as sponsor. Yeah, mm. I'm just picturing all the ha- like if I could see your streets back in '99 at night, like when you turned your computer on, all the lights like dimming <laughs> in all the houses around you. It was yeah. so powerful. Massive monitor, one of those big deep monitors as well. Yeah, um, yeah you yeah. can only go on the internet after six o'clock. You know, and even then, my mum wanted to phone my aunt, and then I had to come off the internet. And great, great <laughs> yeah. times. We're getting close here to just um, mindless nostalgia, but uh, yeah. What do you mean we're getting close to it? We've been doing it for over a year. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, uh, I, you know, I do, what I want to do with this podcast is not ever go down the line of, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember when you had to go on the internet after six o'clock because it was yeah, cheaper? Yeah. I don't want to do that. You know, I want to talk about specificity of of the things okay. that we experience so yeah so yeah. I, I try not to stray too far into that if i can i just about to say do you remember those how with those big monitors you'd have to have you'd have to have your desk deep enough or far enough away from the wall that you could have that with enough space <laughs> behind it because if i had that now on my desk it would be reaching from the back of the desk to the front of the desk i don't know how we really coped with that oh yeah yeah um I'm fairly um, I, sure somewhere at my parents' house there's like an old photograph of my dad actually using this computer. Mm. So next time I'm around there, I'll see if I'll I can it dig it out and then we'll put it on the we'll put it on the Insta. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, please do. Yeah, leave that with me. 
I struggle to think of any one brand in particular. My my dad did get hold of PCs relatively early. He's always been quite into technology and and PCs and things like that. So I definitely remember us having them in the house probably from the mid-90s onwards. Definitely, you know, when I was in primary school, so it would have been 94, 95. I remember playing Wolfenstein on one of them. But I can't remember what any of them were, like what brands they were. So I was thinking, well, do I go, do I go Acorn? Because I remember there being Acorn PCs at, at primary school, at Regis mm-hmm. School. But then Acorn, I think, goes back to like the 60s or 70s, so I couldn't pick that. And then I was thinking about Gateway 2000. I don't know if you ever really heard of them. I only know them because they bought Amiga, the brand right Amiga. So from from then on, it was always like that's the brand that bought Amiga. Who you know, we were an Amiga family. But I've basically just gone for any PC brand that appeared on a football shirt throughout the nineties. <laughs> so I've got well, I've got three here. I've got four actually. Can you name the four that I've thought of? Not including time. Well, I have four others. I've just realised I've overlooked a big one here in AST Computers, which was obviously uh, uh, yes. Aston Villa's main shirt sponsor. Yeah, I'd forgotten um, that actually. Yeah, so I have overlooked. Uh, I have overlooked them. So apologies to the guys at AST. Um, <laughs> oh, a, a future sponsor, no doubt, actually. Mm, yeah, yeah, we better get in touch with them. Um, let me see now. Uh, Packard Bell? No, I forgot about them. No, okay. Oh, that was... Did they sponsor Tottenham? That was Leeds. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, okay. that was right towards the end of the decade. Hewlett-Packard? Yeah. That was yeah, that's I've first, got them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Commodore, definitely, and Amiga for Chelsea. I didn't count them because I thought they were a bit more of a console, but yeah, you're right. Right, hang like, on. So... How many have I gone through? You said you've got four, and I've just reeled off a little bit. I'm not saying got. the list I've got is only the ones I can think of. I'm not saying it's conclusive, <laughs> but uh, you've gone through a lot more that I didn't have. All you've got so far is Hewlett Packard. Right. Okay. Hang on. Um, there must be. Um, are you counting Sharp? No, Man, I'm not you, counting Sharp. Right. And you wouldn't count JVC didn't make computers. Right. Hang on. Just give, give me a second here. I can do this. <laughs> uh, LMX for Wimbledon. Yes. Right. On. Okay. Right. LMX yeah. for Wimbledon. Okay. Right. Well, I've got another one for Wimbledon, which is Tiny. I think oh, yes, of course. Wimbledon yeah. and maybe someone else as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, my favourite is probably Compaq, who sponsored QPR. QPR. So all of them, basically. They're, they're my most 90s PC brands. I know that's covering most of them. Mm-hmm. It's therefore not maybe in the spirit of of the feature, but that's all I could think of, really. So, Apologies to oh, our yeah. friend uh, Rob from Premiership Years there, if you're listening in. I've um, just completely yeah. flunked that test. I do apologise. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be furious. So uh, all things considered then, are we going to put uh, time in the ledger? Yeah, time, definitely. I think you've uh, you've argued your side far better, more concisely than I have. So get him in the ledger. I mean, I kind of wish I'd gone for AST now, but then I, I, you know, I never owned or even touched an AST no. computer. I, I don't think were... so yeah leading into the 2000s a bit there as well so time, time it is then time it yeah. is Christmas is coming folks and what better way to get into the seasonal spirit 90s style by leafing through some classic Argos catalogues from the decade uh, we've each chosen a catalogue I've gone for the Argos Superstore winter 1994 edition uh, Alex which one have you got there I've gone for the Superstore winter and autumn 1995 catalogue so okay very right yeah about a year we're a year apart yeah absolutely and there's plenty to get stuck into here um if you want to have a look at these for yourself there's a fantastic website called retro mash which has got a lot of these uh, old catalogues archived from the 80s and 90s uh, you can go and have a look through and let us know uh, what you would have put your biro ring around 
before we get stuck into it though, Alex, what are your sort of general memories of uh, of Argos in the nineties? Did did you get any any big uh, childhood purchases from there, for instance? I don't think I have any family history with Argos at all, which I, is quite surprising. I think I never really remember going in there myself. The thing is, my parents might have gone in there for all I know to get certain things or to get stuff for Christmas that me and my brother wouldn't have known about. But I I never went in there. It was always just a different. I don't know, just a different sort of thing that other people did. I don't really know why that was. It was all quite alien to me. I couldn't work it out. Like, you go into a shop, there's nothing in the shop. Just catalogues. It was <laughs> confusing. So I don't think I really have any major history with it. Okay, well, I'm pretty much on the opposite end of the scale. It always loomed large on a on a family uh, shopping trip to, to Chippenham. And to actually uh, be able to go in there and know that you were planning to, to get something was huge. And um mm. There are a couple of big, big purchases in my life which, which came from Argos. I mean, the first one we discussed a few episodes back was the um, CD Walkman car uh, kit, which didn't, yes. didn't didn't go to plan, but we've already discussed that. I actually got my first uh, electric guitar from the Argos Superstore in Swindon. Nice. Uh, it was a Yamaha. It cost £170. It's still hanging around somewhere. I think it might be in my parents' garage. Um, it came with an amplifier as well, so I had all the kit ready to go. And yeah, I'll, I'll always cherish that memory. But we've had the story about my um, uh, ongoing bad luck with Argos as well in terms of um, uh, picking something out of the catalogue to spend some birthday money on and then it never being in stock or, uh, you know, un- unavailable for other reasons. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a, a bittersweet thing because half of the time I couldn't get hold of what I wanted. But there was always a frisson of excitement because it was just different. As you say, you know, there was nothing actually in the shop. You got to go and, and fill out your little form and then take it to the take it to the desk and then be told which lane to get in to pick it up it would come yeah. down on a conveyor belt from the from the warehouse at the top nice. i mean yeah pretty thrilling pretty thrilling for someone of my age um mm. but as we say we've gone back we've selected two classic catalogs from the 90s era um and we've picked out um a few of our favorite bits and pieces from these catalogs that we're gonna we're gonna talk about tonight haven't we we have yes yeah. um at this point I, I think it's really important that we give a shout out here to one of our listeners Mark from Glasgow, who has oh, yeah. very, very kindly sent us in a few things uh, through the post, including a Argos catalogue from 1995. So that has partly inspired this episode. And yeah, Mark, if you're listening, we cannot thank you enough for, for this. And yeah, really, really kind. You are, you are the first person to ever send us in something through the post, I, I believe. Is that right, Stu? Yeah, I think so. And that's very generous of you, Mark. Thank you so much for contributing to the pod in that way. Um, it goes without saying that if anybody else finds anything that they uh, can post us that they think will find interesting, um, get in touch with us through the usual channels and uh, we'll let you know where to send it. But um, yeah, Mark, um, you are the first to do that. And um, yeah, we can't thank you enough. Yeah, I think that it calls for a new position in the ledger, maybe official postmeister, something yeah, like okay, that. Yeah, OK, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mark brilliant. from Glasgow, you are the official postmeister of the pod, so Super. a position set in the ledger, so well-deserved. Yeah, we'll have a chat with Jeff afterwards. Right then, I will go with something from the 1994 catalogue to start off with. Um, this is a bit confusing because obviously we have the page numbers of the actual catalogue and then the page numbers of the viewer um, that, he, that the catalogue has been sort of ported into on the website. Uh, so I'm going to go with the catalogue page numbers. Uh, myself and I'm going to go with uh, page 92 and we're in amongst the uh, seconda gents and ladies watches here but it's not so much um, any of the watches on this page that caught my eye but it was a little inset box 
and I'll read to you what it says. Spend 19.99 or more on a Seconda watch and receive a buy one, get one free offer at Country Grill and Country Carvery restaurants, plus a chance to win a Peugeot 106. That's a and great offer, isn't it? There's a little picture there of a red uh, Peugeot 106 with black trim. Yeah. Um, there's no further um, no further indication there on how to uh, how to actually enter the competition or if it's just an automatic <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I can't help but wonder who who won the Seconda Stroke Argos uh, Peugeot 106. Are you out there? Let us know. Yeah, there, there's a 106 just like that around the corner from me, and that could be the person. That could be the winner. So. Wow. Okay, well, start knocking on doors. Yeah, might be worth a knock on the door, definitely. <laughs> Do you have a Seconda watch? <laughs> or two, actually. Yeah, that's true. Moving on to page 97 and uh, sticking with watches, I just wanted to talk about the Casio Gent LCD blood pressure monitor watch. Uh, this comes with an AM, PM and year display, a 24-hour stopwatch to a 100th of a second, a 24-hour countdown alarm to a 100th of a second, um, the aforementioned blood pressure monitor, uh, data recall, graph display, uh, bio flashback function, whatever that is, target data function, backlight, water resistant to 50 meters. And now it gets interesting. Two instruction booklets and an audio cassette for a watch. <laughs> What's in the audio cassette? <laughs> so now not only do you need to uh, buy, you're going to go and buy a watch at Argos, you also now need to buy a cassette player in order to listen to the instructional <laughs> yeah. cassette. Uh, and then just a little note here, uh, it is recommended you obtain accurate blood pressure readings from a qualified medical practitioner before programming this watch with your personal data. Um, so Argos really covering themselves there. You imagine, um, imagine going to a GP now and trying to make an appointment and saying, it's because I need, <laughs> I bought a new watch and I need to check what my blood pressure is for that. They'd kick you out. They'd say, do you know how busy we are? How long our waiting lists are? There you go. A sign of the times. Uh, that's a snippet, just 69.95, by the way. Uh, you so, can't put a price on health, can you? Exactly. What price? What price? Good health. So, what do you have over there in the '95 edition? So, yeah, autumn, winter '95. First thing I want to to comment on is the front cover of this catalogue. It, it d- depicts a an extremely '90s living room scene. So, oh, the the wallpaper is quite dark. The furnishings are quite dark. The the wood furniture is quite dark, and there's a lovely carriage clock on the on the mantelpiece there. It's just it's painfully 90s. Um, it just really make really drives home how much interior design has changed in the the previous two decades. But um, it's a not lovely for the scene. Better, not for the better, if you ask me. No, no, that's another thing the internet killed off. Oh no, you know what? It doesn't fit in there, does it? Doesn't that can't use no, that? No, no, the internet didn't kill home decor. <laughs> no, no, we, we um, can say what you like about it, but it didn't do that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's, that would be unfair. So on page 97 in the catalogue, uh, I'm also on watches as well, actually, because mm-hmm. there's so many, so many pages on watches here. There's, yeah, on page 97, there's a, a red learning watch. Uh, I don't know if you had one of these. I had almost this exact one, which I probably would have picked up from a car boot or something. But it's the one with half of it's in red and half of it's in blue. So it would teach you how to read, you know, quarter past, quarter two. I just think that's a very 90s well, actually, I don't think it is 90s. It probably still exists, doesn't it? It's just we got it in the 90s because we were that age. But, yeah, it, it was my first watch, so I had to pick that out. And then on the opposite page, 98, there's a Gladiator's watch, which seemed very familiar when I first saw that. I don't know about you. I think someone in my class must have had that. Um, 
But then moving on properly, I'm also going to the Casio page because I want to point out two iconic 90s watches, uh, which you'll probably be able to guess, Stu and listeners. One, of course, is the the calculator watch that everyone in primary school had. Well, not actually not everyone had, like a handful of people had, and then they would brag about the fact they would never need to worry about a uh, a times table (laughs) test ever again or a mass test because they could just do it on their watch. And then, you know, and I don't know if it ever worked. It's so tiny. I don't know how people ever did any sums on mm-hmm. it, but it was iconic. I don't know if, I mean, they must, they're defunct now, aren't they, with the, with the advent of the mobile phone. And then there's another one here, which is the TV remote Casio watch, which is another school institution. But I think this is a bit more of a an urban legend, a school urban legend that someone would, maybe we've talked about this on the pod before, but people would, when the teacher would wheel in the TV <laughs> to show some educational video or badger girl or something like that on, on the TV, some kid at the back would have this watch and they'd you know be craftily changing the channel and confusing the teacher. Mm-hmm. Whether that ever actually happened, I don't know, but it was something that was always talked about. So on page 100 of this catalogue, you can buy yourself one of those watches and uh, try it out at home. I would be highly surprised if they work with today's TVs, or probably <laughs> the TVs back in the day, actually. I bet they didn't even work with that. But I thought two iconic 90s watches right there on page 100 of this catalogue. So we're worth a stop there. Fantastic. Um, well, we're buying a lot of watches at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, like <laughs> I said, there are so many pages in this catalogue devoted to watches. What about you then? Let's go back to you. What's What's the next thing you found? Okay, well, I've got my watch, so now I'm, uh, I want to go into the kitchen. Uh, and I'm on page 304, and I've got three words for you. Breville, pie, magic. Three of the best oh, words in the English language, without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, I'll just describe it for the listeners. We have here the Breville, pie, magic, with two lovely golden pies uh, inserted in the, uh, would you call it the, the, the pie holes? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move on quickly from that. Surrounded by all sorts of lovely baked goods and fruits. There's some kiwi fruit there, which I don't think you'd ever put in a pie like this but never mind we'll, we'll gloss over that introducing pie magic the new eight minute snack making miracle by breville pie making has never been so easy with four simple steps step one cut out the pastry cases using the cutters provided step two line each deep pie dish and spoon in your favorite filling step three place the pastry lids on top of the pie and close pie magic number four eight minutes later open up to reveal two perfect crisp golden brown pies <laughs> Uh, and all this for £29.75. I mean, there you go, for, for perfect pies in your in your own kitchen in, in eight minutes. I don't really understand. I suppose it's just that it's quicker, isn't it? Because everything else seems like you're just making a pie that you'd put in the oven. Mm. But it's just, that's, eight minutes is quick, actually. Yeah. I mean, um, I suppose Breville thought, OK, well, we, we've revolutionised um, toasted sandwich making. What yeah. can we do next? Let's have a look at the pie, you know. Um, but who wouldn't want that in their kitchen? Uh, and another thing just to mention on the bottom of the um, opposite page, 305, um, there's a large yellow banner which does specify all electrical items on these pages are fitted with a plug. OK, so you haven't got to wire them up yourself. You don't have to get the toolkit out. You don't have to remember which which wire goes into which terminal. Argos takes care of it all. On page 308, we have a selection of uh, hostess trolleys. I just wanted to mention that. I don't want to talk about any of them in particular. I just thought it was <laughs> I just thought it was noteworthy. Uh, and then I want to skip along to page 383. Uh, I'm sort of staying in the kitchen. It's a uh, executive toy mug. 
So it's on the same page as, uh, let's see, we've got some uh, lighters here. Uh, there's one of those lighters which is in the shape of a pistol, which you probably couldn't get. Uh, I saw that anymore. in my one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, tankers, hit flasks. Um, there's a mug here, and uh, the mug says ring for service on the side, and there is a bell attached to the top of the handle. Uh, I'll just ring in the description here. Ring for service novelty mug. Need a real refill or a top-up? Just ring the bell to get attention and the staff should come running. Bell is removable for washing mug. Height three and a half inches. And that's four ninety nine. So if you want a little uh, piece of male chauvinistic office <laughs> gear um, <laughs> in your life, then I would highly recommend the ring for service novelty mug. And it is nice to know that you can remove the bell. Uh, so, that, so, that can, uh, so that you can wash it up at the end of the day. I can imagine a lot of those bells were removed, never to be reattached um, <laughs> across the country. How removed many of those removed and then shoved somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Goodness me, it can't have been a big seller, can it, really? <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? How many do you think? I was going to say, how many of those do you think ended up smashed across the country? Oh, lots. Yeah, plenty. Yeah. Okay, let's let's go. Let's travel forward a year in time and see if attitudes have changed. <laughs> well, I just wanted to skim over page one hundred and one in the catalogue, where you, you will find a, a a wall clock with the classic nineties image of a topless hunk uh, cuddling <laughs> a kitten, cuddling a kitten. Oh, lovely! Um, How lovely! Obviously, there were two variations of that. It could be the hunk with the baby or the hunk with the kitten. This is the one with the kitten. The, the the hunk with the kitten and a Baywatch clock are straddling a nice Winnie the Pooh scene, so it's a slight strange, slightly strange mix of <laughs> topics they're using for their their pictures. Here. It's just above a Thomas the Tank Engine one, so you wouldn't want to mix up your numbers if you were buying that for your for a three year old's bedroom, would you? But um, no, absolutely. there you go. I thought I had to give a shout out to the the topless hunk. If you're listening, topless hunk man. Please do get in touch. We'd love to have you on the pod to talk about um, <laughs> all the babies and kittens you held. And now I'm going to fast forward to... Actually, you know what? I'm not going to fast forward. I'm going... I'm staying with the clocks. Well, kind of within the clocks. This is actually into the personal organiser section. So I'm on page 127 of, uh, of the catalogue now. And it's item... Uh, item 17... It's the Franklin Bookman Holy Bible in small handheld digital form. So according to the description, this combines all the power of a portable electronic Holy Bible with the extra ability to add other ROM books within seconds. So presumably you could add like the Torah or the Quran or Mm -hmm. all the Holy Books in in one place. The pocket Bookman contains a complete text of the Old and the New Testament. The extensive co- uh, concordance allows a book, chapter or verse to be entered for relevant passages to be retrieved. It contains Franklin's Spell Blaster Spell Correction feature. Uh, other special features include a search thesaurus, footnotes and electronic bookmarkers to let you return to your favourite passages. And it also contains, and this is what I'm most interested in here, it mm-hmm. also contains context-sensitive help. Now, what do you think context-sensitive help means in a digital Holy Bible? Do you think that means it's like if you're you have a question like, oh, what do I do if I'm coveting thy neighbour's new yeah, I think Portiera so. or something? Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Um, I remember getting a, a copy of the New Testament in uh, the, by the Gideons when I was in year seven, and I think there's a little reference in the back of there which is like, if you're feeling depressed, 
read this quote if you're feeling oh, covetous okay. feel this quote so it's yeah. probably something like that i would say that makes sense yeah, yeah. it also includes uh, a self-demonstration feature I'm not sure how that works it just maybe reads out passages from the bible for you uh, and batteries are included of course and it's uh, 69.99 to you stew uh, so just take your take it up to the counter number 17 catalog number 671 slash 1434 get yourself a, a holy bible in handheld digital Super. form bringing the bible into the 90s i mean <laughs> yeah. that actually does i mean you know just sort of joking aside that does actually sound pretty handy for the oh you know, yeah for, for for the time uh, for the era we're talking about um i would say so uh yeah if only you know if only more books were uh, if only there was some sort of system where you could have a handheld device which contained hundreds of books yeah and you could download them and then they oh. would just be on there and you can you wouldn't need a, a paper book ever again somebody no. should really should really come up with that we can but hope well i think it's, i have just come up with it haven't i i mean <laughs> it definitely definitely doesn't exist okay also before before we go back to you, i just wanted to well i also had a note here that, that there was also uh, the gun shaped lighter <laughs> in my catalog that looks so lifelike i, yeah, I mean I, know. I don't know how long this could have lasted uh legally before you know someone got i mean you couldn't get away with it in america someone no. would get shot immediately yeah. um, one... just lighting a cigar I didn't mention it at the time. There's one in my catalogue that's actually in the shape of a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> so, dear God. Yeah. I uh, what have I sorted out? I've got I've, I've got my timekeeping sorted out. I've got my pies sorted out. Um, <laughs> so now I, I want to um, step into the sporting arena. Um, so I've picked wow. out a couple of uh, a couple of things from the sports pages. Page 445. And first of all, before I go into this, whenever. I'm sure you've noticed this in your catalogue. Whenever there's some sort of uh, celebrity endorsement involved, that celebrity invariably turns up in a little inset picture of the picture yes. of the item. So, yeah. um, and this is particularly prevalent in the sporting arena. So, um, we've got a snooker kit endorsed by Steve Davis. We've got darts endorsed by John Lowe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Plenty of uh, of big names gracing the Argos catalogue. But I had to pick this one out. Uh, this is one that's to my own taste, and I would actually have all four of these now if I could still get hold of them. Uh, I've gone for the Puma Response, the Sondico Pro, the Royce Cobra, and the Umbro Contra goalkeeper gloves, uh, which are all available. Um, unfortunately, though, the Umbro Contra are the only ones that are available in adult size. Yes. Uh, so all, all the others yeah. are junior size, um, but a great array um, of early 90s uh, goalkeeping kit there. And uh, yeah, great brands as well. And um, I'm, I had I had gloves by all four of these manufacturers when I was growing up. And uh, mostly they came from the Argos catalogue as well. So uh, so there you go. I had to give a mention for the goalkeeper's gloves there. Possibly more interesting for our purposes, though, on page 463 is the Gold Gym Gladiators kit. Uh, so uh, this is uh, aimed at the person who actually wants to go on Gladiators, it would appear, rather than the uh, rather than the audience for the watch in your catalogue. Mm -hmm. um, but this comprises of uh, some neoprene weightlifting gloves with extra heavy padded palm area and Velcro wrist closure, uh, a lightweight and rigid neoprene and nylon four inch wide belt with Velcro closure, and also a cotton gladiators t-shirt. Uh, chest size up to 42 inch approx, suitable for ages 15 to 19 years. And all of that kit is yours for just 19.99. Not bad. Well, it says it's suitable for ages 15 to 19. But by the time you're 19, you're basically 
fully grown so why is it not suitable for anyone over 19 yeah i mean a chest size up to 42 inches i'm my chest isn't 42 inches now <laughs> no. and i'm a lot older than 19 it's just saying you it, by the time you're uh, you're 20s you're too old to be wearing a gladiators t-shirt i think it's what you say give it up granddad <laughs> you'll, you'll never get on the show uh, and as i was mentioning before um there is a little inset picture um of one of the gladiators there just to demonstrate uh, i think that's hunter it's uh, it's hunter is it okay right I don't, I'm, I'm not i don't know my gladiators apart from um gillingham legend <laughs> as, we, as we discussed last time <laughs> okay what else have you got over there let's move on to the the backpacks because there are some absolute school legends over here so so page 498 across the double page spread here some absolute uh stone cold year seven classics here you've got the iconic uh, adidas predator bag black and red with the uh-huh. predator logo emblazoned across the back of it uh, and you've got a couple of quite um, iconic Just Do It Nike bags, including a purple and green number with a sort of jazzy graffiti style Just Do It written across that one. And I think probably the most oft seen across the playground where I went to school and you went to school, Stu, in year seven and eight, which is the the Umbro design with the sort of, it's got a pocket on the front that sticks out and two pockets on the side yeah. that stick out. Big Umbro logo embossed on the the front pocket, and uh, came in a range of colours. And I would say forty to sixty percent of the boys at my school in the year seven and eight had this bag. And um, you can buy it in the autumn or winter of nineteen ninety five for the, the the price of just eighteen ninety nine. And I will just read the. It's called the Umbro Italia backpack. Uh, has full interior access. Which is you kind of hopeful with a backpack. Well, yeah, you, you don't you want, wouldn't want yeah. any no-go areas in your own <laughs> backpack. Uh, it's accessed by means of a dual-action synchro zip. I think that just means there's two zips on it. Well, uh, that, yeah, action. I, this was my um, rucksack in year seven and year eight. So I can tell you that it's yeah a zip on either side, which is connected by a thin piece of nylon, and you just pull a piece of nylon and both zips come down. Oh, that's yeah. what that's what that is. That's I think that's so if you ever get yourself locked inside a backpack, you can get out. I think that's a safety feature. Okay, righto. Because that sort of thing did happen in year seven. Um <laughs> roomy zipped side pockets, uh, a padded bag, and so you're not gonna believe this, it also comes with shoulder straps. So Superb. it's well worth the eighteen ninety nine that you're gonna pay for that. And yeah, I, I I I couldn't go past this backpack page without giving those those legends of of the schoolyard um, a bit of a shout out. And then we are going to move on to pages 590 and 591. Another big double page spread in this catalogue, which is of course the games consoles. Mm-hmm. Always worth checking out where we've got to with the games console market. At this point in time so this is yeah around christmas 95 you could get yourself a master system 2 or a mega drive both sega and on the next page you can get yourself of course the uh, super nintendo or a game boy i didn't realize there was a master system 2 i just thought there was a master system i didn't know there was a, a sequel and i was surprised that it was going on this late because this is obviously 95 so as far as argos is concerned this is still pre-playstation because playstation was released in 95 i think yeah maybe well, certainly around a, that time yeah yeah unless that was just a pan and it was 96 for us here but this is a dark ages console wise because uh, it is pre-playstation but the master system 2 
looking at the picture and the 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 gamepad that came with it, it looks so archaic. I'm amazed that it was still going in '95, especially with the the Mega Drive being yeah. around as well. I mean, it was nearly the end of the Mega Drive's life cycle as well. So yeah. they must have had just some some stock, I suppose. Yeah, because here the the Master System Two is being retailed for thirty four pounds fifty. Whereas the Mega Drive is going for £120. So uh-huh, okay. there's a huge difference there. Yeah. I mean, even the the Game Gear, which is for sale here as well, for uh, £64. That's, I mean, that's almost twice the price of the Master System 2. So mm-hmm. I, I can imagine there being a few disappointed children on Christmas morning when their parents um, <laughs> gave them a Master System 2. And it looks like all of these consoles come with, well, actually, no, maybe just the Sega consoles come with Lion King which I remember playing around a friend's house, a, a, a classic early and mid-90s console game there. Um, but that, that's where we're at in terms of consoles at this, this time of the decade, just in case you wanted an update on that. So, yeah, that's how the consoles are. What about you? What's, what's back well, over on your side? I'm glad we've gone over to the consoles because this is possibly the most curious thing I've found in the whole catalogue. Page 505. And this is the Philips Compact Disc Interactive. I'm going to read you the description here. Compact Disc Interactive, or CDI for short, is the all-in-one home entertainment system. You no longer have to sit back passively and listen to music or watch TV. Now you are in charge of what you hear and see. Just plug in your CDI player to your existing hi-fi and TV, and suddenly you will enter a whole new world never before experienced. Welcome to the future. Just press a button on your controller and you're instantly drawn into a fascinating interactive world. Philips CDI players are also high quality compact disc audio players and allow you to play on normal music compact discs as well as photo CD discs, which give you the ability to view your own photographs on your TV screen. And it advertises itself as coming with uh, two games, Mystic Midway and International Tennis Open. Now, this intrigued me because I had never heard of uh, the Philips CDI before. I'd never seen it before. I consider myself a connoisseur of 90s games consoles, and I would have thought this would have popped up in conversation at some point, but it hadn't. And it really intrigued me because it's obviously something that hasn't taken off, otherwise everybody would have had one. And and I wanted to find out more. So what I did was I went to my trusty bookshelf mm-hmm. and I picked up, this is a book that I pick up uh, quite a lot. This is uh, the Nostalgia Nerds Retro Tech. Uh, computers consoles and games uh, and this is uh, this is my bible and i had a look in here and it turns out that of course i had read about the philips cdi before because it's in here um so let me just i've just marked the page here let me give you a quick uh, let me give you a quick pricey of things here bill gates stated it was a device that got caught in the middle it was a terrible games machine and it was a terrible pc many people didn't see the need for a machine like this most stuck to the combination of games console and vcr leaving the cdi to carry on throughout the 1990s in various iterations before finally being discontinued in 1998 and in the book there are pictures here with it um, coming with its own uh, controller and uh, joysticks and and things like that so clearly um an attempt by philips to break into the games market but also provide something a little bit different maybe uh, which didn't quite work out Again, if anybody owned a Philips CDI or has any experience, maybe a friend owned one, please do let us know. I, I'd love to hear. Um, I'd love to hear about everything else it could do. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's not cheap either, is it? Three hundred and fifty pounds. It feels like it's a almost like Bill Gates said. It's halfway between two things. It, I thought it sounded like it was a DVD player before DVD players existed, but mm-hmm. 
maybe it's more focused on games and music but like you say it's not but even if it is sort of games it's got to be one of the first things that had games on cds or that sort of medium isn't it i think so, so yeah and i've just noticed here as well uh if you want the uh digital video cartridge that comes with it that's another 150 pounds oh wow <laughs> uh yeah so so an expensive uh well a folly i would say if you if you yes want exactly those. that's exactly <laughs> what it is i'll just finish up my my mentions here because i've only got a couple more so i'll just uh, i'll just run through these yeah. uh on page 548 uh, there's a range of cds which i think was something that fell out of, uh, of argos catalogs later on um, but if you've got your philips cdi player and you want some tunes to go on it um, there's a range of cds there from the likes of clapton and the beatles etc and then finally, I had to go and have a look in the toy section. Yes. Um, and I've picked out a couple of board games on page 663. Um, they're both TV tie-ins. You can have the Family Addicts board game and you can have the Big Break board game. Uh, and they both come in at a shade under £13 each. If you want to, if you want something, if you sorted out your kitchen stuff, you sorted out your, your home entertainment and you just want a couple of board games to finish off the shop, uh, I highly recommend those two. That Big Break game looks already dated here it's got <laughs> jim davidson with his his mullet and uh, yeah i can't imagine how bad that is the re- it's the red hot in inverted commas yeah the red hot tv quiz game i'd love to know i mean i'm already hang on i'm just gonna make make a note of this i'm already gonna go on ebay after the record and see if i can get an umbro italia <laughs> so, so maybe i can get a big break board game as well let's see and then that'll be the next live play for our um for our summer party next year <laughs> yeah all right you're basically putting together a, a, a kid's TV prize there, aren't you? That's the sort of thing they'd be given at the end if, if they'd sort of done well and get your own back. <laughs> a rucksack and a board game. Yeah, a rucksack stuffed with the board games. And, and, a, ring, and a ring for service mug. <laughs> yeah, and a novelty pistol-shaped serve <laughs> that, that accidentally slipped in because one of the producers uh, didn't realise who he was getting the prizes for. Oh, man. I'm going to skip. I was going to point out the, the digital keyboards that... Uh, the Yamaha keyboards that we used to have at our secondary school mm-hmm. um, but that's probably of no interest to anyone who isn't uh, an alumni of Corsham School so we're going to move on to has stopped us before mate it has to be said no that's true that's true so much <laughs> of our content is based on uh, on uh, they've just spent 10 routine. minutes talking about the rucksacks we all used to have <laughs> yeah that must have been universal surely it must have been I think so I think so yeah yeah who knows? Let us know. What what was the rucksack at your school anyway? So page 662 here, uh, and this is item number nine, bottom left. And it is called, if I just zoom in, it is called the Famosa Daisy Face-to-Face Doll. And it's called Face-to-Face Doll because the doll is basically the size of, I would say, an, the, the child in the picture, I think, is maybe eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And the, t- the doll is the same size of them, uh, <laughs> same size as them. It just looks freaky. Anyone who's looking at this picture will know what I mean. The doll has human length limbs, very long limbs, with quite a small torso, uh, and a full head of curly blonde hair. So it looks less like a baby or a a child doll and more like an elderly woman. And (laughs) with the the child holding the hands out, sort of splaying the doll around, it looks like... A, a child sort of moving an elderly person against their will. It's a very creepy picture, and it's a very creepy-looking doll. According to the description, you can only get it in superstores, by the way. Mm-hmm. When she is awake, put your feet in her shoes. 
wrap her arms around your waist and play and dance with her. What does that mean when she's awake? It makes it sound like it's got a life of its own. Like, yeah, it could just go to sleep on you. But then Chucky or something. Yeah. Then it says, if she's not awake, just put her over your shoulder and she can go anywhere with you. Now, if I saw coming down the street towards me, a, a child or an adult with this doll slung over their shoulder, I would assume that they had rescued a unconscious child or, or elderly person from a house fire. It would, it would look so odd. Um, and it's also such a strange description of what you can do with this doll. Just sling it over your shoulder. Um, I will I'll maybe try and get a screen grab of this and put it on our Instagram because it's yeah, no, freaky. But that's, uh, I've just noticed actually the picture, there's another picture next to it of it, I think, being asleep. And uh, one of it awake and one of it asleep. And you get a really good view of its uh, curly blonde perm, which mm. is quite a, a baffling design choice by the makers of that toy. Um, but anyway, that's twenty nine ninety nine if you're looking for something for your kids for for Christmas. And get one now... of those in a master system and we're sorted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, I'm going to also go to the toy section because it's it is at the back and you just couldn't not really. On page 687, you will find the Skeletrix, which I I did have one of these. I had a a Micro Skeletrix. There's a I think it's actually the one I've got is for sale here. The has a Ferrari and, and a Benetton, so it's it's just Skeletrix, but a lot smaller, mm-hmm. as the 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 name probably gives away but it's, it's just quite nice to look at the selection of cars they've chosen for their their full-size collectric set so i know this would interest you Stu. they've got a super saloons one here which i think looks like a ford mondeo from around 95 the, the blue color scheme the, the yeah, mark yeah. one mondeo mm-hmm. uh, and also i think that is a bmw 3 series on there and then there's a, a Jaguar Challenge one that has a, a Jaguar XJ220 versus a Ferrari F40. Um, there's a very nice Porsche Le Mans racer on there. But the most interesting thing is I think they've they've chosen for their pole position Skeletric set, a Ferrari, obviously. Of course, you'd have yeah. a Ferrari F1 Cup and also a Ferrari. And I'm a big fan of this. They've got a Minardi in there. So it's a Ferrari oh, versus lovely. a Minardi. It looks like the, a 1990 Minardi to me. So it's quite out of date, but... Yeah, I just really appreciated that instead of going for a McLaren or a Williams or a Benetton, another one of those uh, front of the grid teams from the 90s, they went for our favourite minnows of the 90s. Yeah, it's, it actually made me want to get it. I'm not a massive fan of Skeletrix. It's, it's one of those things that seems exciting. Maybe your friend's got it and you want it, but when you actually sit down to play it, it's just kind of going around in a circle, isn't it? There's no... Let's just say the, uh, the computer games, I think put paid to the Skeletrix mm-hmm. uh, industry. Although you can still buy them. I wonder how many they sell every year. The cynic in me would suggest that it was a lot cheaper for Skeletrix to buy uh, the rights to uh, produce a, a version of a Minardi than any other team. That's, uh, that, that could have true, something yeah. to do with it. But I, yeah. I do like the romance of the fact that it's, uh, you know, the, the large Italian team versus the small Italian team. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe I remember this blew the blew all the budget on Ferrari and realised they needed another team as well and thought, yeah. God, who we can get, for, who can we get for, <laughs> for 20 quid? And then finally, I just wanted to point out that they had um, some, well, I think two, one very 90s toy and one that I think must have been well on its way out by this point. And that uh, the first one being Connects. Did you ever mm-hmm. have any Connects, Stu? Yes, I was part of a uh, Connects building competition at primary school. Oh. 
I think I remember you saying yeah. this. Yeah, the regional qualifiers of a of a of a Connect building competition. Yeah, what was it you had to make again? I can't remember what the what the uh, brief was, but we made the Millennium Dome and then a load of like construction vehicles and stuff. But um, we were a bit political with it. We were we were some we were radical Year Sixes who were against the construction of the Millennium Dome. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So we we tried to make some sort of statement with it, and we got um, as Matt Coe put it on Instagram when we were talking about it the other week, we got dinged for it. <laughs> um, and, we, and we didn't get put through so um yeah but no no the vast experience with connects although i am uh i am at heart a lego man as you know i think the trouble is for connects that's true of almost everyone isn't it really they mm. they were trying to get on the coattails of lego a bit and, and have their own version but the fact was it just wasn't as good and everyone knew it and it was a bit of a fad for a couple of years in the mid 90s connects and i did look and you can still buy it in some places but it's it's just not really the same. And then the uh, other thing was, uh, by the way, if you want to check out the connects options they have in this catalog, it's actually only two things I think. That's on page seven hundred. And then if you go forward a little bit to go beyond the Lego section, which is probably my favourite few pages in this whole catalog, but I won't go into huge details. Suffice to say, I want every single item they have <laughs> on these Lego pages. Uh, but if you just go to the end of that sort of the construction toy section, as it were, you get to the Meccano page. And I really think Meccano must have been. Even when I was a child in the early 90s and mid 90s, Meccano was something that your parents played with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they, uh, there is still a few sets in here sort of valiantly hanging on. I'm sure it still exists now, but there's something quite melancholy about looking through that section and, and thinking, you know, how desperate that company must have been to to make some sales at Christmas there you go it's no lego and unfortunately it never never will be but that's i think all i have to say about the toy section and the catalog as a whole i mean there's over 730 pages in this catalog so you know so many items i I had to miss out and i've just noticed some quite interesting looking pages right at the back um about delivery and (laughs) and all their commitments and the argos promise and, and such like but uh well, yes, we could go into the deeper, uh, you know, the deeper aspects of the business on a later episode. OK, then. So we've explored our respective catalogues. And to finish off, we are going to pick an item to take home with us from our respective catalogues. But it's going to be done randomly. We don't know what we're going to get. We're going to randomly choose a, uh, a page number from the catalogue. And then we're going to uh, go through and, uh, and see exactly what it is that we're going to get. Okay, so we're going to do this by using a, a random number generator. I've used random.org. I am going to pick for Stu from the autumn winter 1995 catalogue, which I was looking through. And for for simplicity, we're going to use the numbers on the viewer rather than the pages on the catalogue themselves. And draw number Stu is page 260. So I'm going to go to 260 now. Unfortunately, we've gone to the pushchair page here, Stu. Okay. Now, can you pick a number between one and nine, please? Okay. Uh, I'll go for uh, number two, please. Number two. You are going for the Syndico by McLaren. So you've got McLaren. You uh, have got a McLaren. Okay. What else can you uh, ask for? The McLaren Swan Buggy. This is suitable for six months and over. It's a sturdy steel chassis, uh, umbrella-style folding, a two-position reclining seat, so you can take it in e- take it easy in this, Stu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a three-point safety harness because you can never be too careful. <laughs> uh, a handle height of 99 centimeters, a weight of five grams, and you can get that. It would have cost you 39 pounds, 
but I'm giving it to you for free, Stu. Oh, that's superb. All Thank you so work. much. Does it say anything about um, can we carry a full-size uh, doll of a nine-year-old child on it? <laughs> I don't know uh, if this pushchair's big enough for it. To be okay. <laughs> okay, your number, Alex, is page 329. So let's have a little look here. Oh, you have lucked out considerably here. I have to say, you have lucked out considerably. You've only gone and landed on the hi-fi page. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Can you give me a number between, please? Uh, one and five. Uh, four. Four. Okay. Ah, oh, this is superb. You're going away with a Goodman's Delta 800 watt cassette deck. Oh, nice. Uh, this has a full logic mechanism. It's got Dolby. It's got auto reverse. And it would have been £129. I'm giving it to you for free tonight. And that's got two cassette decks as well. Absolutely perfect. This comes as uh, this is as part of a, uh, a whole stack of Goodman's uh, Hi-Fi kit. There's also the digital tuner, the amplifier and the uh, remote control CD player, as well as the turntable. Um, but you're getting the cassette deck tonight for, for gratis. So there we go. How about that? Uh, that is I'm absolutely thrilled about that. I cannot uh, thank you enough for, for getting that for me. It's, it's uh, all paid off. Well, we hope you enjoyed that run through um, the 1994 and 95 Argos Superstore winter catalogues. I mean, that was a real trip down memory lane for me. Some wonderful products there. And I'm really happy with the push chair, mate. So thank you so much. Oh, no, you're welcome. I'm, I'm thrilled with my uh, my tape deck. Couldn't be better. <laughs> um, we'll check up the links to the uh, respective catalogues in the episode description so you can uh, take a look yourselves there at home. Um, please do get in touch with us. Let us know what you would have out of the catalogues. Let us know your Argos memories, uh, you know, triumphant purchases, things that were always out of stock, anything Argos related. In time for our Christmas episode, let us know. We'll be uh, we'll be really happy to to get those and read them out. And speaking of a Christmas episode, it will be our Christmas episode next time, won't it? It will, yeah. yeah. We've got some ideas. Uh, we're not going to reveal exactly what we're going to be doing yet, but we do have some exciting ideas and uh, maybe some guests. We will see. But uh, yeah, we're definitely getting in the Christmas Christmas spirit for sure. Absolutely. Really looking forward to that. Um, just before we go, Alex, I've just encouraged everybody to write in with their Argos memories. So um, could you give us a reminder of where you can find all of our contact details, please? Yes, you can find it all in one place on Linktree using All Right 90s Podcast. That's our Linktree name. So that's All Right 90s Podcast, all one word. Uh, you'll find us there but the the link will be in the description of the episode so you can just click on that rather than typing it in excellent please do write in on any subject that we've covered on the podcast before uh, we love hearing from you so uh, yeah please do keep that correspondence rolling in uh, right okay we're off to prepare for the christmas episode then so uh, until next time it's goodbye from me i'm just going to go and fire up the old breville pie magic it's goodbye from me. I'm about to go and dig out some cassettes for my new uh, my new tape deck. Oh, brilliant! Cheerio. Bye for now.